Welcome to Ritual of Practice Podcast. I am your host, Angela Houghton. The intention of this podcast is to inspire your practice. I thought it would be fun to offer stories of how different people integrate practice in their lives. I am so appreciative of the humans that share their experience on this podcast and to you, listener, for joining us. May you show up for what lights you up. Hi there. This interview, this episode is with Amanda Charlton Hurley. Amanda began her horsewomanship journey as a young child in uh, first was exposed to horses through equine therapy. Since then, she's had a wide breadth of experiences and everything from a dude ranch to cattle ranch, hunter jumper world, and currently rescuing Mustangs and gentling them and then doing really cool things uh, in her relationship with them. So I so enjoyed talking with Amanda and I feel that we're kindred spirits in having multiple passions and definitely in the relationship with horses, the really spoke to my heart, the way that she um, connects with them energetically. Uh, And one of my favorite things from the interview that she said is horses don't give a shit about our goals. I hope you enjoy the listen. Do you have another job outside of um, working with horses? Yes. Um, well, my art obviously is like my number one thing. And then I'm also the program coordinator for the Creed Arts Council. So Creed is the, and when you come visit, we'll go up to Creed. It's like the coolest little like artsy town up in the mountains. Like it's crazy. These And the Creed people, like they don't even come down from their mountain, but there's all these like artists up there. So um, yeah, so I'm their program coordinator. So that's the other thing that I do. But how many hours a week do you do that? Uh, probably like 15 to 20, 15 to 20. So it's part-time, which is really nice. And then that gives me tons of time to, you know, focus on painting and focus on the horses and stuff like that. So. And when do you like to paint? I like to paint. Oh, it kind of, it varies. It depends. It sometimes, sometimes first thing in the morning, like I like to just like binge drink coffee and just paint. And then sometimes at night, like, you know, Will's not home and I'm like, not a big TV person. So I got to, you know, it's just a nice way to unwind, paint for a couple hours in the evening, you know, but the dog's in there with me. That's nice. Do you have a specific space in your home where you paint? I do. I have an, I have a, an actual, like, I call it my studio, but it's really just like my room. (laughs) And it's perfect, Angela, too, because it has like floor to ceiling, like it's got these beautiful, like glass sliding doors and then like a little porch outside. So in the summertime, I can open up the doors and like even move my easel outside if it's really beautiful. And I can see the horses from that window. So it's like, every time I just want to like zone out and just look outside, I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty dreamy. I got super lucky and it doesn't even have a floor. Like it's still just the, what, like the particle board or whatever. So I don't feel bad at all. If I drop like a whole tub of paint and like, <laughs> it's just, it's awesome. It's like, I can just be like a kid and just be like flinging paint everywhere. And my husband doesn't get mad at me. So that's great. <laughs> sounds awesome. Yeah. No, I love it. It's awesome. It's pretty great. Sweet. Yeah. Well, so we're going to dive in now, Amanda, to, uh, I'm calling it horsewomanship. Do you call it horsewomanship? I love that. I love that. I, I don't know. I mean, I just, normally I just call it horsemanship, but I like horsewomanship, horse, horse personship. 
Horsepersonship. Ooh. <laughs> I think whatever you want to call it, Angela, I I totally like respect your creativity. So I've just been playing with it. I was like, yeah. What about horsewomanship? I agree. It's so weird. I I yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> well, so what initially sparked your interest in working with horses? Oh, well, I've been around horses my entire life, which I'm really lucky for that. Um, started riding when I was a kid. My mom um, and I would go to, when I was like eight years old, she would bring me along to go volunteer for a therapeutic riding program for, you know, riders with disabilities, which was really cool. So um, got to experience that as a young child and then would volunteer by like brushing the horses and getting them saddled and stuff. And then my first riding instructor, was actually one of the therapeutic riding instructors because she just kind of like took me under her wing and her name was Lisa Zimmerman. And so I uh, started riding with her like religiously and then just like never stopped, you know, um, grew up in the hunter jumper world. So competed a ton. Um, and, but then eventually just like, I guess probably in my early twenties, like that just totally late teens, early twenties, just lost all of my passion for that. I was like the people, was so based in ego. Like I was never going to have the money that, you know, you need to have to like make it in that world. So, um, and I just didn't like how horses were just like an extension of people's views about themselves. Like that made me really sick. I'm like, you know, these are individuals with their needs. And it just started to feel like they were kind of just tools for people to get to a different place in their careers or, so I totally quit. And I was like, had like a quarter life crisis and moved up to Wyoming to um go work on this ranch in uh it's called Brooks Lake Lodge and they it's like essentially just like a glorified dude ranch but um the way that they managed their horses was really cool and really intriguing to me so I really wanted to just sort of learn about that um and then since then I like just fell in love with living out west and like never moved back east where you know my family in the time was living in Long Island New York and I was like not going to go back there so um, so yeah, so that's okay. how I ended up out here. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. So when you're talking about hunter jumper world and where you're from, you're talking about Long Island, Long Island, New York. Yeah. Okay. And, but your family's not there anymore. They're not now they, um, my parents and two of my siblings live in Maine. Um, um and then my, one of my brothers, my other brother, he lives in Ohio, which is kind of random, but yeah, we're all from Long Island, New York originally. Long Island. And yeah. that, <laughs> which I'm proud of. I like to, you know, it's like, especially living in like a crazy rural community. I'm like, yeah, Strong Island, you know, Billy Joel. Yes. <laughs> um, and then where, so how did you find this dude ranch that you ended up at? Because you said it sounds like it was in the direction of energetically, at least the the way that you oh, wanted to work horses. Oh, girl, 100,000%. So I, my parents had actually taken me there on a family vacation when I was 10. And then I was like 21 and just like, yeah, like struggling with like mental health and just like totally miserable in my life. And was like the one place that I could think I'm like, well, okay, I need to like flip my life upside down because obviously what I'm doing is not working. Like this is not okay. So just was like, where do I want to go? I can go anywhere. I can do anything. And I was like, I want to go to Brooks Lake Lodge. So applied for a job and yeah, like applied for a job in May and drove out in June. 
Like that gives me the goosebumps. <laughs> it was awesome. And it was so cool. Like going back to this place that just like had such an impact on me as a child and then going as like a young woman, you know, it was really cool. So how long did you work there? Um, it was just a seasonal job. It was just for the summer. Um, so like June till, uh, like early October, end of September. And then after that, um, moved to Park City, Utah to ski instruct there, um, did that for a season. And then the following summer was just like on this like seasonal job, like traveling kick, uh, moved to Colorado to work at a black Angus cattle ranch. Cause I wanted to learn about that and got to live off grid in like this little cabin in crumbling Colorado it was really badass. And I got to live there for like eight months, but they had no electricity, no running water, like pack rats living in the cabin with me. Like it was so, it was crazy. It was so crazy, but, um, but it was like, it was also just like an amazing experience. Like it was really cool. How old were you when you worked for the, um, cattle ranch? For the cattle ranch, I guess at that point I would have been like 22 or 23. And were you just meeting people? Like, so you met someone and they were like, oh, there's this cattle ranch you can go work at, or how did that come to be? Maybe. And I think, well, like, I don't know, honestly, how did I find the Rusty Spur? I think I actually found them online. I just went online and was like, just looking at, you know, like I wanted something that was kind of like, um, sustainable based in sort of like working with the land and, you know, um, that was like one of the things I wasn't a huge fan of Brooks Lake Lodge it was kind of, I just felt like it was like really felt like kind of separate from nature because all these wealthy people would just come and, you know, you know, it was kind of, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Whereas the Rusty Spirit was just more, it felt more authentic to me in a way, kind of getting to learn about what it takes to manage a herd of cattle. And we did do eco tourism and we'd bring like you know, dudes in and get to teach them how to go on a cattle drive and bring them into a branding and stuff like that. So that was cool too. And all of it was just brand new to me as well. So I was like learning along with everybody else the whole time, but it was, it was really rad. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to take it back to you okay. became disenchanted with the hundred mm-hmm. job world. Mm-hmm. And so you set that aside and went in this other mm-hmm. direction. So has there been a time outside of that? So that was specific to the hunter jumper aspect yeah. of your horsemanship. But what about like interest in working the horses? Have you ever had a period where you stopped working with horses or spending time with them? Or has it been a steady? Um, I think that, I mean, definitely like while I was ski instructing, it was just hard to have access to horses for sure. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just hard. I think it's hard when you've been working with horses for a long time and um, you're working underneath other trainers, because sometimes it's like, especially when you have like this really strong emotional, like, you know, connection or just like love for this creature, you know, and you feel like something is being done in a way that you don't morally agree with, you know, like it hurts you. So Mm -hmm. I've definitely struggled with that a lot in my life with horses for sure. Like, um, even with some of like the best mentors I've had, you know, that I'm still friends with, like, they're just aspects of the way that they do things where I'm like, Oh, that doesn't feel right. You know? Mm-hmm. So there's been, then that's been hard to navigate. Cause it's like, it's, it's yeah, I don't know. But, um, so yeah, I've definitely, I've, I've done a lot of different worked with a lot of different trainers and a lot of different disciplines. And I would say that that's been something that's been like kind of a consistent struggle for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. 
So what yeah. about what does your horsewomanship look like today and the what you're up to? Yeah. Um today, I mean honestly, I think like what I have how I where I feel like what is the most intrinsically valuable thing for me is just like kind of like little red, just like picking up the horses that nobody else wants and just like, you know, um giving them a second shot and especially the Mustangs too, because they're based, they're just mutt horses, you know, and they are struggling so much in our society right now. And it's heartbreaking what their situation is. And so I'm like, this is something that my skill set lends itself really well to that I absolutely love. And like, I feel like it's just helping every, it's helping me, it's helping them. And so that's, that's all I want to do. I think like I foresee myself for the next 20 years, just adopting Mustangs and gentling them and finding them forever homes. Like, I think that would be like the, the coolest, best thing in my life. If I could do that, you know? Awesome. Yeah. Well, I, know, I, I know there are other people interested in, in just that. I, th- I feel like I was yeah. just talking to someone yesterday that was like, yes, like I want that. And I don't want to train it. I don't have the time. Actually, it was the acupuncturist that I go to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to get in touch with Amanda. Oh, that's so... Did you go to acupuncture for you? I do. Yeah, I've been going... Oh, good for you, sister. That's awesome. It's been super helpful. I started going for allergies and then started using it for other things when I was no longer dealing with allergies. And yeah, it's been amazing. Do you also do acupuncture? I've never done it just because I'm scared of needles, but I have like really, I have like, I've been started doing a lot of yoga because I have such bad back pain and the yoga is like the only thing that helps me, you know? Um, but I also feel like I would love to, I would love to get into some acupuncture if that's something that they can address, you know, with like lower back pain. I'm mm-hmm. really interested to see. I'll try anything. Well, the next time you're in Moab, you should see Caroline. She's yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe we'll do that. We'll be actually we'll be in Moab in April. We're coming oh, out because there's um the Moab Canyons ride uh is April like 11th and 12th or something. And Will's going to come with me, and we're going to spend like a whole week. We're just going to hang out, so it'll be fun. What's the Moab Canyons ride? It's an endurance ride, and I'm not exactly. I'll have to like look at the ride flyer to see exactly where they're hosting it. But it's like I think it's going to be. I'm like, if I'm thinking where it's going to be, oh, what's that place? Where's the, what's that area called? Um, oh, I forget. Cause we haven't lived in Moab in a while, but there's like, and I'm so directionally challenged. It's like, if you're, oh, go ahead. yeah, I'll have to look it up and I'll tell you, but we're I'm hoping to do two back-to-back fifties on little chief. I'm hoping that we can do a 50 on Saturday and then a 50 on Sunday. I'm really fingers crossed. We'll see. So you're training towards that right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing that. Like we have a 75 mile ride in two weeks, under two weeks in Arizona. So that'll be our first 75. We'll just see how it goes. We're just going to take it, you know, one step at a time and see how he feels. And then if that goes well, then we'll attempt the two back-to-back fifties in Moab. And if those go well, then we're going to attempt Tevis in July, which is like the hundred mile ride, um, in California in the Sierras. So, and that's like, it's just, it's like been a bucket list thing for me. It's like this crazy endurance ride. And I just, he's like the horse of a lifetime that I feel like if there was one horse that I was ever going to have who would like actually enjoy doing something like that, it's a little cheap. That's just, he's crazy. <laughs> he's, I think now he's probably nine now, eight or nine. 
because I, I got him when he was three-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, I have so many questions. <laughs> I, feel oh, like- I love talking about horses, Angela. I could talk about horses all day. They're the best. They are. I went out with my horsey girlfriend last night and like literally all we did because we shared a bottle of wine and all we did was talk about our horses. <laughs> I was like, that's so great. It's like such a healthy outlet. <laughs> you guys get to ride together? We do. Actually, she's like my she's like my jumping coach, kind of. So she's um my one of my Mustangs, Bodie. He loves to jump. Like he just loves it. So and he's crazy athletic. He's like this little 14-2, four, 14-3. And three foot courses is like nothing for him. He is like a little antelope. So I really want to take him and do like some eventing this summer. Um, and there's like an eventing series down in Santa Fe. So there's like year, like season end awards and all that stuff. And I think that'd be really fun. So my friend Amy has been kind of helping us to gear up for that because that's her background is eventing where you do like the dressage, the cross country, and then stadium jumping. You have to do all three, all three disciplines. Um so, and yeah, Bodhi's such a beautiful mover too. Like I'm not a dressage rider. I, I struggle like with dressage, but um, it's a good thing that like we're being forced to kind of focus on that kind of level of connection and flat work, you know? Something different. So, yeah, just something different. Yeah, for sure. Well, you do so many things. So the little bit that I've seen on social media, mm-hmm. you know, like, <laughs> I feel like you're doing all these different things with the like pulling them. Yeah, I feel like did I see you ski during? Yeah, we were we did. Yeah, yeah. all these different it. things. And so I'm just curious. So this podcast, I'm not sure if yeah. I call the ritual of practice. So it's kind of at the yeah, the heart of how you know people practice these different things that they're passionate about. And so I'm just thinking, you know, as I listen to you and obviously your passion for working with the horses is, you know, intense and lovely. And I'm just thinking like, how do you fit it in? So I like working all these different disciplines and with multiple horses, what does that look like for you? Oh, well, I think, okay. So one of my favorite like quotes was actually from um, like this. I mean, he wasn't really my therapist. I'd give, I'd say he's more of a spiritual guru mentor. And he said, anything that's worth doing is worth doing half-assed. And I'm like, yes, that is true. Cause especially for me, cause like, I'm such like, I get so passionate about things. So especially like having a horse like Bodhi, who's like super talented with jumping and then having little sheep, who's like this crazy eventing, I mean, cross or endurance horse. And then I'm like, just so excited to see what, you know, little red wants to do. And I'm, I feel like she'll just be an incredibly gentle, sweet trail riding partner. And then we have Vincent, you know, who's just a baby and he's still got, he's like growing, but, um, yeah, I think just like listening to them, like is how I figure out what they want to do. Like I am like a firm believer that like the worst thing you can do to a horse is try to fit a square peg into a round hole. Um, so letting them decide and like, that's then just how I like bring, develop my practice from there. Like I'm, I was never an endurance rider until I adopted little chief. And like the one thing he enjoys is being out on trail and moving at speed. So I'm like, okay, (laughs) let's do endurance. Like, fine. You're never going to want to be, you hate arena work. You, you know, so, um, so yeah, I think that's, that's definitely like why I'm in so many different directions just because everybody has a different specialty. And then it's like, you know, if you can't, like I can't give 110% to everything because it's just not realistic. Like there's not enough of us to go around. So it's like, even if you can only spend 
an hour doing something twice a week, you know, like even if I can only ride Bodhi twice a week and, you know, have one jumping lesson a week, um, like he's turned out in a giant pasture. He gets to be a horse most of his life. He has an incredibly, you know, he lives with his brothers. I'm like, he is happy. So (laughs) that's fine. Like, and we don't have to, you know, compete at the upper echelons of anything. Like that's not why I love signing up for events and competitions, like strictly because it can, it um, like inspires me to keep moving forward. But at the end of the day, when we get there, it's an absolute, like, obviously I don't want it to be a shit show, but like, if we, you know, as long as it's a good training experience for the horse and like they have fun and we're safe and good, I'm like, whatever, that's, that's goals accomplished, you know? So yeah. It's really beautiful, Amanda. It's just fun. Yeah. And it's so, yeah, the heart of it is fun and passion and yeah, it speaks to my personality also because I have varied interests and yeah, you have to kind of, or I feel like I've had to accept that. Yeah. It's like the little bits of consistency and then they add up over time for all these different things that I enjoy and love. Amen, sister. Absolutely. And any energy that you put into something is good. Like it doesn't have to be like all or nothing. And I think like sometimes that if we have an all or nothing mentality, it like inhibits us from doing the things we love, you know, or the things we'd really like to do. So it's, yeah, just do the best you can. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So my next question is how the horses has impacted other areas of your life. Do you feel like that? Um, yeah. There's carryover in the practice that you have with your horses into other areas of your life. Absolutely. I mean, when, especially like the Mustangs, like, you know, they are such a chat or they can be such a challenge for, um, just like humans, I think, cause they operate so differently than us. Um, and they have forced me like to have such a higher mindfulness of like my internal environment and, um, what I'm experiencing, because if I don't approach myself before working with them, I mean, they pick up on stuff that I'm not even aware of is going on. So, you know, like if it's taking me two hours to have a horse, like even want to try to connect with me, like, I got to ask myself like, okay, why, like what's going on here? And, um, so I think that's, it's just a really incredible life skill that they've taught me that definitely has helped me like just interact with other humans for sure. Um, and like, you know, people aren't gonna meet you necessarily where you're at. Sometimes you have to meet them where they're at. Like that's the other flip side of it. You know, like my goals aren't the most important thing. The horses don't give a shit. (laughs) Like the horses don't care. (laughs) They're like, screw you. I don't care what your goals are today. So, um, so that's really beneficial. And then, um, yeah, like, I mean, even like where we live, you know, we live in this crazy, crazy rural community where like, yeah, it's just super, super out there. But I mean, I love it so much because it allows me to do what I, what I do with them. You know, like I can go ride 20 miles right out my back gate, which is amazing. And, um, you know, it's at like 8,200 feet above sea level. So even that is like really good for a little chief with conditioning for endurance and things like that. So And then obviously my art, like I, they like working with horses is number one, how I recharge as a person. So, um, and as much as I love art so much, it's definitely like me outpouring and me putting something out as opposed to like something coming in. So like the horses 
like feed me energetically. And then I'm able to like transmit that outwards onto a canvas. Like, you know, cause it's just, it's a skill set I have. It's something I've enjoyed my whole life. Um, but yeah, so they, they definitely are like, and I'm really lucky that I have a partner who understands that because <laughs> otherwise I wouldn't have a partner, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's true. I'm just like, there's no way it would never work. <laughs> Does he also ride? Uh, a little bit. He loves, so he, Bodie, he loves that horse so much. And so he'll come along on trail rides and we do pack trips over the summertime, which is super fun. Like that's my favorite thing to do. Um, and yeah, so he loves those, but it's not like it's by no means a passion for him, mm-hmm. but he, you know, supports me in doing it and like understands the time commitment and the financial commitment and all of that. And that's all, that's all I need, you know, I'm like, eh. yeah, yeah. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. Um, it's good, Angela. Yeah. I have one more question that kind okay. of, um, you know, for anyone who might be listening to this, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. someone could be listening really from anywhere in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wild. I guess. So, it's wild. Yeah. Oh, so if someone wanted to get started um, mm-hmm. in working with horses, I, mean, I know from going through this myself and yeah. the steps that I kind of took to get started and how, yeah, what that looked like. Uh, I'm kind of curious, yeah, just what your advice would be. Oh, yeah. Just getting started. Getting started. Okay, someone who has, let's just say that, you know, you don't have a lot of money um, and you don't have property. Um, my first thing that I would do and like what I would, what I did and would honestly do right now if I had to is find a place to work, even if you can only work there one day a week. Um, and maybe you do a work exchange. So in exchange for cleaning pens or cleaning stalls, um, you get a riding lesson. And then I think just putting that effort forward, like you're, you'll, you will learn so, so much, um, from whoever, you know, try to find somebody good for sure. Cause there's a lot of, you know, crazy horse people out there. So find somebody who's <laughs> kind and compassionate and aligns with your values. Um, so that'd be my first, first advice. And don't be afraid to volunteer your time. Um, and then from there, like just, uh, gosh, there's so many YouTube videos. Like if you, if you do have a space that, you know, you, you can have a horse and you do have the financial means and you really want to like buy your own horse, um, just like find resources online. There's so many equine professionals who have, um, like literally online teaching programs so like you can follow their program from like day one and then day two day three and they have them for mustang gentling um one of my favorite trainers is chloe phillips harris and she's actually a new zealander and uh she takes these new zealand wild horses they're called like the baiwaris or something there's like it's basically they're feral horses living in new zealand and She's like a four-star venter. She's an amazing horsewoman, but then she also trains and gentles Mustangs on the side. Um, and she has an entire master class on her website um, that you can follow how to gentle a Mustang from day one. So stuff like that. There's there's so many resources out there with all, with the internet. Absolutely. That- and then like even endurance, like the endurance community is so, that's part of the reason why I love it so much is it is such a supportive community of people. like 
Um, there are so many endurance riders out there. Like if you just go on Facebook and you just say, Hey, like, I really want, I'm looking for a mentor. I'm searching for a mentor. I like, I guarantee you 15 people will comment and be like, Oh, come to my place here. I'll teach you about how to do this. So yeah, that's the endurance community is amazing for that. Do you see yourself providing training, like training others, or have you already provided training to others? I I would love to, I think like for the right person, like definitely um, for Mustangs that I gentle, like if I find them a loving home, I mean, 100,000%, I want to teach whoever is taking that horse onward, like how their minds work and um, tips and techniques for, you know, helping them find relaxation and all of that stuff. Like I do, I love that. I don't think... I see myself um, taking in like just anybody who let's just say they have an issue with their horse and they say, come like, let me teach me how to fix this. Cause I have done that in the past. And the one thing that I've consistently run into is like, if the horse has a problem nine times out of 10, it's not the horse, it's the handler. And so it's like, you know, I can, I can tell you how to fix this, but then you have to put in the work at home. And sometimes a lot of the time, and not even, I'm not even saying it's the person's fault. They just don't have the time or they have fear that they're not able to work through. And so that's the type of stuff where I'm like, oh, I don't really know. But, um, but definitely with the Mustangs for sure. Cause I think like they are, especially if you get one that had just has like a blank slate because they haven't been subjected to humans for a very long time. Um, They haven't had any abuse. They just have zero experiences, which is why they're so terrified. But then you give them all these great experiences and, you know, they're still basically who they are. They still have a a brain that's bred by mother nature. So it depends. I mean, some of them can be more predisposed towards fear or aggression. Um, But if you know basic tips and techniques to help like mitigate that, you'll have like an amazing, reliable partner, you know, for the rest of your life. So that's why I love them so much. They don't have as much of the baggage, you know, that you see with a lot of the other guys. Mm. Yeah, they're the best. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love them, Angela. I love them so much. They're so great. I'm excited. I was actually thinking um, this, I, I want to wrap up our uh, thing yeah, and then yeah. tell you what I was thinking. And um so thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Angela. That's so fun. No, I really am. That's awesome. This lifts up my spirit. I just feel so lit up from like, you know, well, talking about horses with you from your energy and just being able to show this, like thinking of other people listening and yeah, and uh, about your journey. It's, it makes my heart happy. Oh, thanks girl. Thank you again. <laughs> This is Angela without Amanda popping back on because I learned something major in this episode. We had done the recording via Zoom and, you know, I thought the main part of the conversation was over. So I would uh, end the recording and then the really good stuff, the really fun parts of our conversation uh, happened after I stopped recording. So I just thought that'd be fun to share from a uh, podcast perspective of keep recording, can edit it later. And then uh, the other thing is I just wanted to summarize some really beautiful things that I felt like she shared from the ritual of practice, um, kind of the energy of this podcast, which is, uh, you know, that 
doing little bits of these things that we love when you have multiple interests and, you know, kind of can't go all in or you're choosing not to go all in on one thing. This is the way I have lived my whole life. Um, I have so many interests. And I remember my mom saying to me once, like, why can't you just choose one thing and be really good at it? And although that hurt at the time, uh, I learned uh, that that's not me. I like a lot of different things. And so they, you know, have to make time for them uh, in smaller bits. And so I do that. And sometimes one rises to the top more than others. And yeah, it's, it's something that I've come to appreciate. So I love that she spoke to that because she's a woman that has many interests and many talents. And yeah, she's spreading it out because it brings her joy. So just wanted to close with that and uh, thank Amanda again for being on their podcast, Ritual of Practice podcast. Thank you so much for listening. 